hello! This is Samantha Gordon, and you are listening to Lively Empowered and Sometimes Zen. Now, if you listened to my last episode, I delved into really the stages of inner work and my creative process that led to me writing, editing, and publishing my book within two months which, of course, became a bestseller in the stress management and personal transformation categories on Amazon Canada. So today I'm going to be sharing more of the practical side of the writing and editing process and also just exploring more in depth my journey to get to that point and all of my experience of writing my previous book before that that actually birthed my success. So I touched on it a little bit but I am going to reiterate just quickly again that it is so important to work on your craft. Writing is a craft. It is fantastic that you have a bunch of ideas and that you are just bubbling over with these novel ideas or these nonfiction ideas, but you actually have to know how to craft a sentence because if you don't know how to execute your idea, it is going to suck, (laughs) is going to fail. And what I found so interesting is this, that it's not in fact the idea that is valuable. It is in fact the execution and the style and the creativity of that execution that makes an idea great and makes you a success. It is not just the idea. Everyone can have ideas. Everyone can have wild dreams and plans and tell everyone that they could have written a book and they're planning to write a book. But what actually matters and what's actually real is the words on paper and so making sure that you have your craft down getting books that help you with spelling grammar syntax and anything related to punctuation anything that can help you form a better sentence or communicate more effectively more eloquently even corporate communications in terms of creating mission and tone textbooks are so interesting because instead of the flowery language that you encounter in creative writing courses screenwriting courses it has that juxtaposition of showing what effective communication is and how to be pithy and how to make sure that you are really showcasing the message that you want to get across as opposed to just being an art form i think both types of courses both the creative writing courses and the more professional writing courses are equally as effective but combining them is just magic But like I said, before you even get to those more in-depth writing courses, absolutely start with the foundation and get the basic books. A great book that I picked up at the beginning of university is The Elements of Style by Strunk and White. This is, of course, a foundational classic if you are wanting to be an author or a writer in general. Another one for the nuts and bolts, so less about style and more about clarity, grammar, punctuation, mechanics, documentation, usage, grammatical terms. This is really important for getting down that basic 
language fluency. And I don't mean second language fluency, but so many English speakers, native English speakers think that they know how to write well for any communications professional or for any writer. Of course, we see the mistakes and it calls you out as not being a professional right away. So that's the first stage of harnessing your craft. And then the second stage of harnessing your craft is more about your own personal style. And this comes with practice and finding your voice, so to speak. University or any sort of creative writing classes are perfect for exploring your voice, especially if you've already practiced writing a ton and you really want to get feedback on your writing. I remember my university courses. I love them. I always did really well in creative writing and was at the top of my class. But what university gave me and these tutorials gave me is the beauty of feedback because I mean you can get the highest mark in the class or be up there with the highest marks in the class but you don't necessarily know why and you're only getting feedback from the teacher most of the time but in university what we would have is these writing workshops so we would actually write for instance a screenplay and The whole class, our whole tutorial class would actually read our screenplay and then we would go around and give feedback. And of course, if you're a good writer, you will get very positive feedback, but you won't get 100% positive feedback. And I will share the feedback that I got, even though at the time I was like, what? (laughs) But essentially, I usually wrote with humor. And so people came to expect that I would be funny and I was wanting to expand my repertoire and I really wanted to flex my writing muscle and be really deep and use big words and have people think I was this brooding artist being so serious and writing very poetic prose and people were like wait but uh Smatha, yes, it's beautiful. And your sentences are lovely and constructed in a very beautiful way. And you're a fantastic writer. But we were always waiting for the punchline. We were always waiting for the joke because we really loved it when you were funny. And to be honest, back then I was quite indignant. I was like, what? Like, don't you think it's good? And I did still get a very high mark, but this is why I said before, it is so important to receive feedback because you can do really well on something and it can be beautifully written and the story and the narrative can have a wonderful structure, but people can be bored out of their mind. People can be bored and being like, "Uh, excuse me, Samantha, we miss your comedy. (laughs) And maybe for you, you don't want to write comedy. And by no means am I saying don't experiment, but I'm saying experimentation and receiving that feedback from a group of other writers and readers is invaluable. It will help you create the voice and tone of what you really want to deliver. It's not just what you want to deliver, but also what people see as value in yourself. Ultimately, I believe the writing that we create is not just for ourselves, although initially 
I mean, especially in terms of if we are journaling, this is such a cathartic process to re-examine our lives and really shape our futures into what we envision and examine our past experiences through the objectivity of time and space. And it also allows us just the introspection and reflection of who we are as a character out in the world. All of this is so essential to becoming not just a strong writer with a technically proficient craft, but also with the worldly scope and wise scope of understanding who you are as a person if you're wanting to communicate effectively with other people. So what I'm trying to say is get a team of people behind you. You can call them beta readers. If you're in a course studying creative writing, that is, in my opinion, the best place because you are all working on your craft and those people who understand the craft more themselves because they are focusing on it and seeing it through the eyes of a writer as well, they will give you perhaps a more informed sense of feedback as opposed to maybe your neighbor down the street who thinks your novel is okay but doesn't know why (laughs) and they can't give you that valuable feedback of what elements of the story or what's missing from your syntax or the fact that the tone is maybe a little bit off whereas someone who knows the craft and who is passionate about writing can delve more into all of the elements of what could improve your writing because at the initial stage everyone's writing can be improved the first draft is always a little bit of a mess that is why it's called a first draft so that's a great segue into what goes into making your first draft first of all do you have an idea do you have an idea that you are super passionate about that it is potentially keeping you up at night if you answered no dare i say that you are not meant to write right now if you don't have something that is begging to be put on paper maybe now is not the time to be trying to put things on paper maybe now is the time for practice i am someone who has so many book ideas that they are literally seeping out of my pores i have an entire document dedicated to all of my future books I think what makes a writer great and ready, keyword ready, because you can be great or have the potential to be great, but still need more time to practice. Maybe you haven't gotten in your practice hours. And so that is why inspiration has not struck. That being said, I totally believe that inspiration strikes while you are working. So if you are someone who doesn't have a potent story idea or book idea that is just screaming inside of you ready to be published then journal why don't you journal do some self-exploration and see where that takes you okay but what if you are the person you have your idea you know exactly what you want to write right now and you are super excited maybe you're so excited that you don't know where to start Now, I am not saying that I know the best way to do this because I believe everyone's best way to do this is something that they come up with for themselves, but I can share what works for me. Now, my process starts well before sitting down in front of my Word document with a blank page. Of course, you always have to start with a blank page no matter when it happens, but what I'm trying to say 
is for my book, if you listened to my last episode, I came up with that idea around a year and a half prior to actually writing the contents of the book. So what I touched on briefly in the last episode was that I wrote these chapter outlines and I'm going to go through exactly what those are now and how you can flush them out if you want to proceed in this direction. Again, this isn't for everyone and perhaps you want to be the person who sits down and lets it flow out of you from the very first page without having any sort of thought process into mapping your entire book. I am not that way. I have tried it that way for creative pursuits that are a lot shorter and it has been successful, but for a novel, it's such a wide scope. It's such a lengthy task that for me, it's really essential to map out where you're going, have a vision, a purpose, and have that structure and backbone in place so that all you need to do is fill in the width of the book, make it wonderful and creative and have your juices flow in those chapters. But the vision is still structured, aligned, and determined from the beginning. Incidentally, this is also the process that I would use for essays in high school that always got me top marks. I would always map out the intro and the summary at the end, map out all of the points in the middle before I would start. And this was really successful, I believe, because it showed a clear and cohesive narrative, even if it's nonfiction, even if you're writing a debate topic for an essay. It retains that flow and allows you the freedom and flexibility of already knowing the structure and the main points of your book or essay in that case. Okay, so let's get down and dirty. Let's pretend that you weren't struck with inspiration like I was on the elliptical trainer getting this major aha moment and writing chapter outlines in your phone, okay? Let's say you want to take more action. You're going to sit down at your desk and open that daunting blank page. Which, first of all, let's maybe change our mindset here. It's not a daunting first page. It is a wonderful blank canvas of opportunity. So the first question you have to ask yourself is, what is the topic? If you had to give an elevator pitch or have a one word summary of the mission of the book, what can encapsulate that message? From there, what inspired steps or points lead to that message? And again, I believe, I truly believe that great ideas come out and fast. They flow Because when I have tried too hard to force an idea, it's usually not that great. It's kind of like that quite hideous joke about don't try to force a fart because it's probably shit. I really subscribe to that view because you are bound to get another better idea. And again, if you are not someone who is full of ideas, Maybe you need to first focus on tapping into your inner creativity and maybe allowing yourself to have bad ideas because you're allowed to 
that's part of the journey. Okay, now you should have your outline chapters. And there you go. Kaboom. Now just flush it out and you're done. We're done here. That's the end of the podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, I'll go more in depth. (laughs) But really, that is all I do. But I'll break it down for you and even try and break it down for myself as well because for me, it's just innate. That is just what I naturally do. I naturally write out the, we'll call them the plot points or the book points, the structure. I come up with the backbone. And then from there, you just focus on the first one and then you work on to the second one. And it's, it's really, that's all it is. However, I will say this. The novel that I wrote before I wrote How to Be Zen in a Crisis, I decided to only write in flow. So although I did have my structure developed for this novel, and yes, novels are very different to write than nonfiction, but they still also have similar elements. I will say that it is much more prudent and also efficient and has a better execution to write your book in order. So even though you have all of your structure written and by this it can just be a sentence to describe a chapter title, it can be just the chapter title itself. So an example of this would be feelings. It can just be as simple as that. If you're writing a self-help book and you want to talk about feelings and there's of course this big idea around your chapter title but all you want to do is write out the word feelings if it is number whatever in your list of chapters you want to make sure that you start with chapter one and move to chapter two and do it in this consecutive order because otherwise what happens is you can't keep a cohesive thought pattern you will inevitably refer to things that you've already written about and if you don't do it in the right order it will get all jumbled up and the editing process will be an absolute nightmare. I did write it in a non-linear fashion for my novel. It was an absolute nightmare to edit. Given that this was only the second book I had written obviously this was a learning process for me but hopefully you can learn from my mistake and not actually have to repeat my mistake. My thought process around that at the time was to always write every day. And if that meant that I had to write a different chapter other than the chapter that I was supposed to write, I would just move several chapters ahead to write that one. And what I learned was Probably you didn't need the chapter that you didn't want to write because if it isn't interesting enough for you to write and to get on paper, trash it. Trash it if you can. Because if you don't want to write it, definitely no one's going to want to read it. And okay, I can hear you screaming back at me through the ether. You're wanting to know how do you actually flush out your one word backbone of your titles and so to reiterate to make sure it's super clear here you can map out the backbone of your book however is best for you but essentially the whole idea is to make sure that you have the broad high level plan and vision for your book using key words for each plot point or each 
book point so that you will be reminded later on, maybe the next day, maybe a year and a half like I did. I waited a year and a half to actually flush out my book. But once you see these plot points or these book points, this book structure or this book outline, I'm giving a lot of synonyms, but you will read your book outline maybe a year and a half like it was for me writing How to Be Zen in a Crisis. I wrote my book outline well before I actually flushed out and wrote my book itself. So the book outline is really key words for you to encapsulate and encompass your entire idea. And when I say your entire idea, of course, it won't include all of the nuances that naturally come up in a state of flow when you're writing the actual prose, but it will embody the mission and the purpose of that writing. Think of it like giving yourself cheat notes. And again, you might have to have a specific personality type in order to write a book this way. I am not claiming that this will work for everyone. You do have to have a very well-formed idea in order to execute this successfully. But if you are able to execute this at all, I believe you will be successful. So let's fast forward to the day, you know, the day that you are actually going to put pen to paper, you have your chapter outlines, you have the backbone of your book, you have the vision and the dream of what your book can be all in your mind. It's all in your mind. It's in the cloud of your mind, ready to be inputted onto the page. Now, the first step is to read through your chapter outlines and really absorb all of your previous ideas and let them marinate. Hopefully, they've already been marinating over that time that you first wrote them, whether it be the previous day or a year and a half ago. It doesn't necessarily mean that you had to be consciously thinking of them, but sometimes your subconscious works out the kinks for you. Once all of your ideas have come to you, this is the time for you to shine. What you really want to do is go into a state of flow and sometimes the state of flow doesn't happen right away sometimes you have to have the courage to take the first step your first sentences may be clunky now if they continue to be clunky and you never do find that state of flow i am giving you the permission to stop Maybe it's not the right idea. Maybe it's not the right setting. Maybe you're writing during the day and you should be writing during the night. That goes back to my previous episode. Know yourself and know when you work best. Maybe it was just a creativity issue and you're not listening to your body and you should be doing it in a place with no distractions. Or maybe you're just tired. But I'll be honest, some of my best work has come right before I go to sleep. And I am exhausted and I'm somewhere between that very creative dreamlight state and being coherent enough that I can put words on paper. This may also be a clear reason why I can barely remember writing my book. It really was a blur and I think that's namely one that I was in a state of flow and number two it was really late at night to the point that I was half alive. I was basically a sleepy zombie entering a writing realm, okay? That's why it's hard for me to share what I actually did. But I'm doing my best to break it down in a practical fashion. 
Now, once you're in that state of flow and if you've never experienced it, basically it's this state where you're no longer thinking about, oh, what should I write? It's just coming out of you. And again, if you're not used to writing and you aren't passionate about your idea and you haven't reached that state of flow, maybe you need to practice first, right? You don't need to force it. And I believe things forced don't work well. It might not be the advice that you want, but it may be the advice you need. Now, here's my next suggestion, which kind of goes against self-care. And I did say this in my previous episode that sometimes ambition and self-care don't go hand in hand. Of course, you need to find your own inner balance. But I will say that a lot of the time I had to put away the right bedtime schedule I put away a lot of stuff in favor of my creativity. I prioritized flow. So if I was in flow, I would keep writing, even if that meant it was 6 a.m., okay? And I don't mean waking up at 6 a.m. I mean staying up all night because I was in such a state of flow that by the time I raised my eyes to the clock, it was already becoming the sunrise. And if you were looking for me to tell you exactly the words that you should write on the page, no one can do that for you. Absolutely no one can do that for you. What you just need to find is after you, of course, have come up with your structure, had the necessary education and experience is find your flow. Find how you can access your creativity. Now, some people like to edit their chapters throughout I think I did a tiny bit, but I was mostly focused on vomiting all of my ideas out on the page when they came. So that's really all it is for getting out your first draft. It's as complex and elusive and as simple at the same time as all of that. Now, if you listened to me before and wrote your book in a chronological order, you will have an easier time with editing. But probably the first book you write, you're going to have a rough go at editing because you're going to read back what you wrote and go, oh my God, this does not sound nearly as good as it sounded in my head. You're going to want to set it on fire and throw it out your window. This is a natural process of being an author. You will go through stages of thinking you are a genius and hilarious and then again go back to self-loathing, self-pity and overall wanting to again set it on fire and maybe set fire to your house as well because why not be dramatic? We're artists after all. Just kidding. And now that I think about it, I mean editing could be an entire episode all on its own. It's really quite intense and it's probably the most important eh, all the stages are important but really you just want to break it down into the most crucial information and get rid of all of the content that is not necessary and this may hurt at first because you're like oh it took so much time to labor over that horrible sentence how can I let it go in the trash you have to kill your darlings as they say and once you practice writing more, you'll get used to killing off your horrible sentences. (laughs) The trick is to not spiral and think your entire thing is so bad that it needs to be trashed. You need to find balance and a trick that I've actually given for myself that you can use as well is I will actually copy my document 
and edit the copy of the document. So I feel this freedom to kill my darlings because if I really wanted to, I can go back to my original version, that original document, and all the BS and horrible sentences are still there. But I will feel the freedom and that safety net of killing these horrible sentences knowing that they still exist in another document. Of course, you never go back to the first original document because you needed to kill off those sentences. But if you are an overkiller, you have your other document. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or even if you enjoyed my book, make sure that you let me know. And you can do that by subscribing, following, liking, sharing, buying my book, How to Be Zen in a Crisis, A Practical Guide for Surviving and Thriving During Life's Predicaments and Even a Pandemic. You can go ahead and follow me on social media at SamBayZen, S-A-M-B-A-E-Z-E-N. Until next time, this has been Samantha Gordon. Stay zen out there.